Welcome back to Miserable and Reckless, bringing you unfiltered opinions on sports, music, culture, and all things the South. I'm Logan, sitting here with Ryan, Dustin, and Morgan. And make sure you go follow us on all social media, Twitter, Facebook. Going over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon. Give us five stars, great review. Check out the YouTube channel. And while you're at it, going over to the website, miserable-reckless.com, uh, coldcansnetwork.com. Check out the blog content. All right, so we're going to have a little bit of a quicker episode this week because we're a little bit on a time limit because apparently Duke is playing tonight and Dustin wants to get to uh, see. Is it Coach K's last game? We don't know. Could be, could not be. I hope not, but I guess we'll find out about quarter to midnight tonight. All right, moving into the good, the bad, and the ugly. Dustin, kick things off. Well, that's a perfect segue because my good is Duke's in its 28th Sweet 16. And uh, which is fitting that Coach K was able to get here, um, here in his final season. We'll see how tonight goes. Um, Texas Tech is going to be like UVA, slow, awful defense basketball. So hopefully we come out on top on that. Um, this, these couple points will feed in. These couple goods will feed into what we talk about later. But I very much enjoyed the ACC chant at the Miami game this past week. So for anyone who didn't watch it, I, it was a late game, so you probably didn't. And it was also Miami playing basketball, so you probably didn't. But um, <laughs> we, uh, I was watching the Miami-Auburn game, and uh, Miami was just – they were up by, I don't know, 15 at that point. It was towards the end of the game. And, you know, they're playing Auburn, a conference that likes to be proud of themselves and chant their conference name just to make sure we know what it is. So as the game was winding down, it's clear they weren't going to win. They gave it to it. They started chanting ACC, which was just very fitting and made me chuckle very hard as all these SEC fans who thought they were going to win a national championship had to foul out hearing ACC chanting um, the entire way. It was just a wonderful moment, which kind of brings me to the ACC did really well in the tournament the first weekend. Big Ten and SEC did not. So that's a fun topic. Um, and then my only bad, and we're going to this sticks with basketball, is if Duke wins tonight, they'll play on Saturday. You know what I'm doing on Saturday? I'm going to a wedding on Saturday. Who plans weddings in March? Who? Everybody Who says, oh, you never have a wedding on a fall on Saturday. No one cares when your team's playing Middle Tennessee State for the 18th time, winning by 60 on a September and the fall. Who cares? Nobody does. But you don't plan things in March. March is an important month. Every weekend has big time games. And you're going to plan a wedding? Kind of monster, doesn't it? So, anyway, we'll see how this goes. I might have a bunch of grumpies next week. (laughs) As long as they do it against Middle Tennessee State and not like one of my good buddies didn't plan one while we were playing Clemson. So, yeah, that that sucked that year. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and but at the end of the day, I missed the game where uh, we missed the field goal as time was expiring to win. So See? I guess positive yeah, silver linings. <laughs> All right, Morgan, good, bad, and the ugly. All right, I got a bad, ugly, and horrible. I'm gonna just be miserable and horrendous. Um, <clears throat> let's see, bad. Uh, whole house is sick again. That COVID just sounds like sinus infections. Um. Bridget got her herself and Brody kicked out of daycare today. She decided she wanted to pop 106 fever and uh, 
yeah. What? Day, daycare didn't want to uh, acknowledge that it was an ear infection. Like, no, it's COVID. Okay. You got to go get a COVID test. So neither one can come back until the chief test positive or test negative for COVID. I'm like, all right, well, thanks. Thanks for nothing, assets. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, they had no fever at all once we got home. She'd been fine, had been coughing, nothing. So, anyway, um, bad. Uh, since daylight savings, Brody has decided he wants to alter um, his going to sleep. He's sitting there at 8, 10, just singing wheels on the bus and itsy bitsy spider and playing with his toys and just thinking it's, you know, <laughs> five o'clock in the afternoon. It's like, all right. Looks like I, I've, I've had to wait. He's fallen asleep close to nine o'clock almost every night since daylight savings. So that's great. Um, only to wake me up at, you know, six something in the morning and then horrendous. Um, well, not really horrendous, but as I say, can it get worse? <laughs> Tech. I was hoping Tech would at least win one game in the uh, the tournament this year, and you know they didn't get beat up or blown out by Texas. They sure they showed up. They were ready to play. They didn't really look tired. Just Texas um, defense shut them down, shut their three down. I think they were. Uh, oh, I made three, maybe four three pointers the entire game. I mean, Texas just canceled them out. So. Uh, you know, they won the ACC championship game, uh, game, which is the first for them. They get to hang that banner up, and it's good for recruiting. And I think Mike Young's got them going in a good direction with everything. So, you know, that's you know, if I got to look at the bright side on some of this, I got that. Yeah, Morgan, as as always, I'll stand in solidarity because anytime Texas is mentioned, <laughs> horns down. All right, Ryan, good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Man, dude, 106 degree fever. And first of all, uh, thanks for nothing. Asshats should be the name of your biography. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great title for a book. (laughs) I think that's actually a good. uh, If I ever write a book, I'm calling it that. And I'll give you, I'll give you some of the pros, some of the uh, earnings for, for coming up with the name. (laughs) And I write the about the author on the back. This, right, bleep, so. this mother <laughs> y'all realize this is a verbal contract it's going to be on the internet <laughs> you can keep the proceeds for the kids college fund i'll just write the about the author <laughs> uh unless it makes a lot of money and then i want my proceeds <laughs> it's gonna be a picture book <laughs> just giving the finger and <laughs> Yeah, it's him doing that in various places of his life. <laughs> Finish that would actually be a very, like, probably a, a really funny picture book would be just photos of someone's life and they're in different spots, just giving the finger. <laughs> just one last thing. I'll finish it off with saying, and when I'm dead and buried, I want to be buried face down. So those of you who don't like me can come out and kiss my ass at any time. <laughs> Isn't that a... I believe that quote is attributed to Bobby Knight, is it? I think it is, yeah. It's, yeah. it's attributed to him, whether it's his or not, I don't know, but it's believable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> red, 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 red Foreman said it on the 70s show, one episode. Mm. <laughs> okay. Anyway, that's that's a tangent, and we're going to stop. So, 
All right, so I'm going to try and bring it back up. So I'm going to go ugly to good. So I'm going to go from Morgan's ugly. And speaking of legendary, my ugly, speaking of legendary coaches like Bobby Knight, uh, I'll get my ugly out of the way real quick. I can't stand Coach K's boomer attitude in the AT&T commercial where he's assuming people will just give him the job. I think it's ugly. I think it's <laughs> a typical, typical boomer mentality. He just thinks he doesn't have to learn anything because he just has experience and he needs to be respected. And I'm just here to say that I'm, I'm, I'm not here for it at all. I'm taking this commercial extremely literally because I assume that's how all commercials are meant to be taken. And, uh, and I'm just, I think it's an ugly attitude. I can't believe that they even cut away at the end of the commercial to say, I don't have that job. So yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So hopefully, hopefully he continues his, his, his other job that he's supposed to be doing tonight as opposed to auditioning for his next one. It's terrible. Anyways, moving along to my bad. So slightly getting better. Slightly. Also tangent, Chandin can't speak tangentially related to Duke and that it's North Carolina. The travesty of the officials in the Baylor versus North Carolina game. I will save everyone the time and effort because Logan went on for 10 minutes when his team was screwed by the NCAA. I'm not going to do that. All right. Because nobody's going to feel bad for a North Carolina fan. But I will... Especially when you didn't get screwed. (laughs) Yep. Like to point out that the only thing that could have stopped Brady Manick was a firearm. All right. The guy had 26 points, 30 minutes. Actually, it was an injection. (laughs) I think an injection and an elbow stopped him. So now we have the elbow herd around the world. And uh, Baylor somehow comes back from 25 down. Uh, it's, It's interesting. Uh, part of the reason why they were able to do that is because they were given 13 or 14 penalties over a 10 minute period of time. Uh, there's been enough nope. articles. On, they throw the flag. Penalty? There's been enough ink spilled on this at this point in time to the point where now there were articles this week about the naming the officials who were involved, who are apparently going to be refereeing this weekend's North Carolina game in Philadelphia. I know that comes as a big surprise to everybody. The NCAA, the AA stands for accountability always. So and by uh, ink, you mean Carolina blogs where y'all just complain to each other, but proceed. You won, yes. won the damn game. You won the damn game. And you're still bitching. <laughs> I'm looking out for everyone here because I don't want to hear about how the officials ruined coach K's last game next week. And I certainly don't want to hear about how NC state loses in the NIT or wherever the hell they're playing currently because of the terrible officiating that the NCAA allows. So I'm, I'm looking out for the benefits of everyone here. I have something prepared on good, the bad, and the ugly. Continue okay. to be good. <laughs> the reason why there's a pause is because I thought you were going to say something. <laughs> and then speaking of my good, I'm glad that Middle Tennessee randomly found their way into this conversation because one of my goods was Middle Tennessee. Now, Middle Tennessee is from Murfreesboro. That's where their school is. Murfreesboro is a town that I used to hang out in a good bit for work. And so I was, my heart was warm to see that they were playing my alma mater, UNCW. Wilmington won, which makes Wilmington the champions of the entire, as far as I'm concerned, the entire bracket. I heard that they won the whole thing. Um, it was on ESPN. I assume that this means that uh, the three of the four of us not called Logan are now champions. So I assume that we'll be getting some, some sort of swag in the mail, some sort of thank you for being alumni. Um, I assume we're, we're official champions. We can hang a banner behind us um, in our Zoom backgrounds here, the official whatever we won championship banner. So um, sorry, Logan. 
You'll just have to keep the miserable, reckless background. Y'all can have your uh, banner for the CBI. I mean, you're the skinniest kid at Fat Camp. Congrats. One of the the most storied (laughs) tournaments in basketball history. CBI. What's it called? CBI? CBI. CBI. Not to be confused with the company CPI Securities. Wait, I'm sorry. Did you say IBM? What? Yeah, I thought it was in BVI. FBI? I BPI? What? <laughs> I thought it was about hey, the eye test. They, they played. The, the eye test showed me that they played in uh, Daytona Beach, Florida, which I think is a pretty cool place. So, uh, so I want America to know that Logan just paused the podcast where we were talking about our alma mater, even though we've had to listen to 72 hours straight of him talking about his alma mater. So, That's because thanks. I actually pull for my alma mater. Thanks, producer. Hey, we talk a lot. <laughs> we talk a lot on this podcast we, about how great UNCW is. And we primarily participate in the sports you won't allow us to uh, talk about the non-revenue. So hey, I'm all about the non-revenue that's, sports. That's you. I'm all that's about you. the non-revenue sports. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is there's a lot of UNCW talk on this podcast that mysteriously goes on the cutting room floor. Just saying. <laughs> hey, this is unfiltered and uncut. <laughs> all right margin <laughs> you went from high to low i'm bringing everybody back from the high and taking everybody back down low to the gutter so i'm gonna start with the good first because we're gonna remain high and then go backwards uh good wolfpack women sweet 16 first one since 98 shout out to them hope they can continue on to the final four bad uh there's this uh company has a big twitter page called pff they do a lot of grading for uh football and they, they normally do a pretty good job with their content, but they put out something today that was just horseshit. I can't even think of another word for it. It was just horseshit. They listed the greatest NFL quarterback of all time from each Power Five conference and the ACC. They labeled it as none other than Lamar Jackson. Are you fucking kidding me? Like, maybe you can make the argument that end of his career he could be. Probably not, but definitely not right now. Like, uh, there's a legit case that Phillip Rivers is the best NFL quarterback. From the ACC, it's, he's fifth all-time in touchdown passes. He's fifth or sixth in passing yards. Not another ACC quarterback up there. Not really a competition. It's P-Riv. They, once again, Wolfpack actually get screwed in every area of the sports arena, not by complaining with your six national titles and you had a few calls go against you. You got throws an elbow, gets ejected. That's how the rest of us have lived for a long time. So that brings me to my ugly. Carolina fans this week. Good God almighty. They literally have just taken to Twitter their, their precious little blogs and had one big circle jerk about how they were just got treated badly by the referees. Oh, my God, the refs, the refs. You know what? It happens, man. It happens. Trust me. Sometimes it happens to some of us more than it does others. But you won the damn game. I mean, get over it. <laughs> like, you don't know what it's like to actually be screwed until you're removed from a tournament without even actually being eliminated. So, cry me a river. Don't care. You won the game. That's my good, the bad, and the ugly. All right. Oh, quick, quick question. Sorry. Yes, sir. Your, your, your ACC rankings. Are we talking all time? Well, you're Mike Vick is a big East quarterback. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going Michael Vick. I'm going Duke. Sure. You do know, you do know Sonny, Sonny Jurgensen played at Duke. And okay, that's not even a competition between Sonny Jurgensen and Philip Rivers. <laughs> Sonny, Sonny that was Jergensen a different player. And in that era, you didn't throw the ball as much. So that, that's like comparing no. apples and oranges. He had just as big of an impact on his team. I'm, I'm just saying, St. Jurgensen's probably one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. Relatively 
for the time he played in, sure. The Duke Blue, Blue Devils. He wouldn't make the scout team on a third three D three football team now. You want to do your research on that on that cat? I don't have to. I can tell I you from the era that he played, Joe Namath. I'll point you to the Joe. I'll find the link and, and send it to you to the Joe Namath quote that he said that the third string quarterbacks of today are better than he ever was because they make back shoulder throws like it's nothing. He goes, nobody in my era okay. can make those throws. Facts over feelings. I'm not going to listen to anything Joe Namath says. He, well, that, over, that was someone's the, opinion. That was someone's stated opinion, but yes. Okay. Well, okay. Then Joe facts, Joe facts are stats, and his stats are not anywhere near Phillip Rivers. Well, facts says uh, Joe Namath is overrated. Anyway, onward. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I can agree with you that who gives a shit about Joe Namath in the reality, but anyway, sorry. Either way, go on. <laughs> he likes big fuzzy coats and being the center yeah. of attention. <laughs> yeah, but all right. So uh, throw it over to Ryan for the bracket update. All right. Well, as you may or may not know. <laughs> We have a bracket that we are doing, the four of us, and we have it with some of either people in our family, wives, et cetera, or we have it with our friends, and we also have it with Jordan, who was on last week's episode, so if you missed that, uh, go back and listen to it. We kind of broke down what we thought. Uh, might be humorous for you to go back and listen to it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, brackets have gone on. Here's what I'll tell you. First of all, I think it's really polite of us to be Southern gentlemen and to allow all of our listeners uh, not only to take our great advice, um, which is clearly why they're uh, all ranked better than us currently in the standings, but this Bingo. is about, um, about all things the South. And so I think it's only appropriate that we be Southern gentlemen and we allow everybody to go first in the standings. Um, that said, it's my goal. I want to pump everybody up. I want to feel good. I, I purposely made a horrible bracket just so everyone else could be better than me. Correct. Although you did, Morgan, pick a team that you were the only person to pick that team that if they do indeed win, which they cannot, then you would have been in first, which is important because you would not be in what place? And that's not a peace sign. That's second. Two two number ones make two. So what we have told people up front, we didn't entrap them. We didn't. We we, we told them at the very beginning, go in our bracket. You'll get a koozie if you win, but you do not want second. And so we have 13 people, which seems like a rather unlucky number in our bracket. (laughs) (laughs) And of those 13 people, uh, none of them is in second, which is actually very frustrating. (laughs) So uh, currently, I think we had someone in second for like a day this week. (laughs) So we have my brother-in-law, who's picked Villanova in first, tied with our ringer. From last week, Jordan. Uh, now, Jordan, I think, has a lot of money on games. He was willing to get Delaware tattooed on his ass. Uh, so who knows what kind of degenerate that guy is. But um, he's doing very well on our bracket. Hey, you we said have, that's exactly what he is. He's a degenerate gambler. <laughs> we have Brett King in third. Again, uh, my brother Dan, or my brother-in-law Dan, and uh, Jordan are tied for first. I'll tell you this, guys. Uh, if they end up tied for first, we do have a very uh, tried and true way that we're going to solve to finish first. Yes, we do. Dustin, do you want to fill us in on what that is? Well, there's this thing that I call a coin. And I can go searching for it. I can look at it. I can give you the vintage years. 
the state or the the symbol that it represents, and then we flip it up in the air and we decide who the winner is. Going to Jess. Sounds like, very mag- sounds like a very magical coin. I'm oh, it's saying, special. I'm just saying we're only sending out one koozie because in America, <laughs> yeah, we don't give participation koozies around here. You actually have to win. That's right. In third place, we have Brett out in Kansas City who picked Arizona. In fourth, we have my wife, which I'm proud of her for for uh, being as far up as she is. She's picking Zaga. Typical, picked a favorite. And in fifth, we have Dustin's wife, who has, uh, who may be uh, not in fifth at the end of tonight. I'll just, I'll leave that hint in there. So it should be pretty obvious which team she picked. So uh, rounding out the rear, you have Dustin, myself, Logan, and then you have the two Virginia Tech guys, Jim and Morgan. Although Jim uh, surprisingly picked Gonzaga, and I'm not sure what he's doing all the way down there. So uh, we'll figure that out. And then in the middle, we've got our buddy Chris, Audrey, my sister-in-law, and Kinship. So there you go. That's our bracket. Just don't end up in second. And if we have a tie for first, we'll flip as many coins as we need to because, as always, the coin is just. We could even do a series of coin flips, maybe seven of them. That seems like a good number. (laughs) Best of seven? Yeah, like a rolled series. (laughs) One one flip. One flip to see it all. One winner, one coin flip, one shining moment for this bracket. All right. So, Dustin, you mentioned it. ACC had a big weekend. So you've put together some data for us uh, about how all the conferences did. I do. You know, unofficially, I believe, on this podcast, we all have come around to the the mindset that you know it's facts over feelings you can feel however you want to feel but facts are what's important unless they don't agree with my narrative and then i'm gonna find a way to argue with you on it but currently the facts support something very special to all of us and that's that the acc is the best league in the country in the ncaa tournament this year now this was after a year where everyone said the league was awful the worst year the league's ever been, on and on and on. Logan and I were talking about this over the weekend because we were both in North Carolina at home together. And I was like, I just don't think the league is that bad. Not as bad as people are saying. Is it the best year we've ever had? No. But is it the worst year ever that everyone's made it out to be? No, not at all. So, you know, this narrative gets to building and then everyone starts believing it. And then, you know, you get five bids and, and, then the big boys have to start playing ball and we see what happens. Well, you know what happened? The ACC is leading the way. The downtrodden, awful, can't win, bad just the league's awful ACC has three teams left in the Sweet 16. So, you know, there's a lot of ways you can go about talking about this. You can say win loss records, you can look at um what there what how many teams are left in each round. You can look at win percentage. There's all you can go all kinds of different ways. I took a little bit of different tech. I wanted to be able to weight these uh, the conferences in some sort of way that would be fair. So I basically said, how many wins did you get 
and I divided that by how many bids did you get to give us a number that we could compare. So for those of you watching on YouTube, it's up and available. For those of you who are listening out there in the podcast world, you can find this on our Twitter account and, and uh, you know, go find us on YouTube. You can see it too. But currently the ACC, the Big 12, and the American are all at the top. ACC has 1.6 wins per bid. Big 12 is one and a half and American has one and a half. And then it just goes on down from there. I'd like to point out that the Big 10 or the conference with Rutgers, as we like to call them, uh, you know, people were pretty high on them this year. They were, they're a pretty powerful league, right? They're supposed to be, this was their year, which, you know, never heard that before. They got nine bids. They averaged one win per bid this year. One. They have two teams left out of the nine after the first weekend. That's all. Another league everybody seemed to be all high and mighty about was the SEC. I know they're good in football. We all get that. But, you know, suddenly they were a basketball league. Hmm. Not so much. Their wins per bid, 0.67. They don't even average one win. They couldn't even get one win per bid. So, I just want to bask a little bit in the glory of the Atlantic Coast Conference and just make sure America knows we're still number one in basketball. So, gentlemen, would you like to add your thoughts and your feelings and your facts of how great we in the conference are this year? I really only have one thing to say, and that's that I drank the Kool-Aid from the media, and I, I knew better than this, but I was duped. The fake news media, ESPN, they told me, it, it was just like they kept repeating it to a, the point that I believed the ACC was bad. ACC obviously isn't bad. I mean, if anything, you can make an argument that teams like uh, Miami, Notre Dame, and even Carolina were underseeded. And it was all because of the narrative. Because, I mean, Carolina beat the shit out of Marquette. Notre Dame was an 11 seed, and, and it had to be in the first, uh, had to be in a, in a play-in game. The SEC, I bought it this year because they're good in baseball. They're good in football. I was like, maybe the SEC's time in basketball. Eh, wrong. ESPN, once again, is the most distrusted name in sports. I like it. Alternative media. That's what we're here for, to point out the facts. Angle, would you, other than complaining about the referees, uh, would you like to say anything about Carolina seeding? I was just pointing out facts about the referees. I've moved on just like Carolina has. <laughs> Clearly you have. We have six teams oh. left in the ACC. I believe the Big 12 has six teams left. And I believe that that's the – no, I'm, am I doing my math wrong? No, you're doing, yeah. you're doing that wrong. You are. Maybe you should get a tutor from UNC to do it for you. Yeah, that works for the basketball team. Seriously. I'm over <laughs> all these all these pretty colors confuse me. I, I was looking I, quite frankly, I'm I'm thinking that the blue things are supposed to be good and the red things are supposed to be bad. It's very confusing. So just the way I was raised from childhood. No, here's what I was gonna say. I think we should rename Lake Norman Lake Superior because it's in the middle of the ACC country. And the ACC is clearly superior. I think we should strip the Big Ten or the Conference of Rutgers of the title of Lake Superior, and it should go to Lake Norman. That's my first thought. 
My second thought is, Logan, I should have warned you. I took two SEC teams because in the final four, but I did it for a different reason than you. A little bit older, a little bit smarter, a little bit wiser. I'm still a believer in the eye test. So the reason why I took two SEC teams is, as, as we've already mentioned on this podcast, I wanted to make sure not only that I didn't finish in second place, but that everybody else on this podcast finished ahead of me because that's the polite and appropriate gentlemanly thing to do. So the reason why I took those SEC teams, being Tennessee and Auburn, is first of all, because as you know, as a Carolina fan, I'm a big believer in the fact that character counts. All right? That's why I took, why I took Auburn. I not say that with a straight face. <laughs> and the second reason, the second reason I took them is because, to be really bluntly honest with you and with the rest of America, I think we're all in agreement on this. Not many of us saw St. Peter's beating Kentucky. <laughs> no. no. So let's no, give a sure. shout out to St. Peter's. <laughs> yeah, they, they deserve credit. I mean, to make it, not only do the upset, but make it out of the first weekend, that's huge. Yeah. I think they're, what, the third the third 15 seed to do that? And the second in the last two years, so. Nope. Um, as usual, it's getting kind of old. We've been doing 73 of these episodes now it's getting kind of old talking about how duke and carolina are carrying the mantle for the ac state <laughs> i'm tired over here well i i'd say the other thing we're probably getting tired of is paralyzed michigan fans saying that they're back when they're about to be uh kicked out here in about um 59 seconds because <laughs> um yep bye bye michigan i went gonzaga's out too oh wow they're- they're down. They're th- yeah, they're down three. Oh, 15 wow. left. 15 seconds. Morgan, um, you know what Michigan and Texas have in common every year? They suck. Yeah, that they always <laughs> say they're back, but they suck. <laughs> there you go. Soon we're going to be adding Carolina football to that. Um, <laughs> so, in, in, you know, we're being a little tongue-in-cheek about this, but in all seriousness, I do think it calls into question this whole uh, – everybody's belief in the algorithm these days. Like, I'm not trying to go all Mark Backer on you. It's not all about the eye test. You can have metrics that inform how teams are. But I think a lot of weight got put on Ken Palm ratings and and similar services out there this year. And the ACC just didn't look good in those ratings. And everybody was like, well, the league's not good. And um Coach Gay even addressed it at the press conference. Somebody had asked him about it, and he was like, well, you know, when your non-conference schedule, you know, bends the algorithm that way, then when you play each other in conference play, even though teams are getting better, it doesn't account for that. And, um, you know, there's something there. I think there is a an over-reliance, <coughs> excuse me, on, you know, just trying to let the computer help us decide these things. and. There's a balance. You know, teams get better as the year goes on. Clearly, the conference was not as bad as it was, and clearly some of these other conferences were not to the level that they thought they were. I understand this, you know, one a single elimination tournament is not the end-all, be-all, but it does give you a picture because you get a lot of head-to-head matchups across all kinds of conferences in a way that you don't anywhere else. And theoretically, in March, you should be playing your best basketball. So... I'm happy that the ACC is on top. I hope we get out of this weekend and continue the trend, except for Carolina. 
And, um, you know, we go from there. Can we not apologize for it being a single elimination tournament? Because we spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about the SEC and their single elimination CFP tournament. So, um, and they play a single elimination tournament every fall because if you lose two games, you're out more or less. So I, uh, you know, when the chips are down, so to speak, um, it's time to nut up or shut up, right? Maybe a crude way of saying it, but it's the truth. So, you know, um, you can say whatever you want. I'm, I'm, I'm not necessarily going to apologize for it. I know we're kind of joking about the facts, but like, look, there's a reason why Duke and Carolina or tobacco road basketball NC state's usually in that conversation. Virginia tech was lights out at times this year. Um, Georgia tech's got talent like top to bottom. I, we have to hear about it in the football season. Right. I'm just saying, you know, it's not as sexy. No, everybody's kind of bored of the same narrative, the two blues, blah, 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 blah. But you know, it is what it is. When, when, when the facts back you up, you may as well point it out. Right. Not that yeah, hard to figure out fair. a 21 team. A 21 team. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. All right. ACC, best conference in basketball still. All right. So I know we have a bless your heart this week. Yeah. So I texted the guys about this and I asked permission uh, if we could do it this week. Um, so we're going to do it. And I'll preface it by saying this. I joke a lot on the podcast. And I always try and figure out a way that maybe we can bring not so much just some levity to it, but actually use for people that are listening, use this platform to maybe help something with, you know, help some other people out, right? As opposed to just getting our opinions out there. Well, I've got an opinion, and my opinion is you should help these people out. <laughs> so um, Monday was World Down Syndrome Day. I had never heard of this before. I was made aware of this via an email on Monday by pod, podcast favorite, uh, coffee shop Biddy and Bose. Um, for those that don't know, Biddy and Bose is in Annapolis, Wilmington, and other places. And uh, they're a coffee shop that often sponsor, or sponsors is the wrong way of saying that. They hire um, people with disabilities. A lot of the people that work at their coffee shops do have Down syndrome, so it would make sense that they would be advertising this or talking about it. Um, it's the 10th anniversary of this, apparently. Again, wasn't aware of this up until this Monday. It's officially observed by the United Nations since 2012. So it literally is a world uh, Down syndrome day that's universal. Um, so in that vein, I happened to be watching a lacrosse game, which is completely besides the point. And they were talking about a lacrosse player, Ali Mastro Iani. I hope I'm saying that right. She's from Jersey. So uh, forgive me for the Italian pronunciation there. I should do better considering my heritage. But uh, returning first team All-American Midi, which is a, a center midfielder for the women's uh, Tar Heel lacrosse team. Sorry, that's what I was watching. Um, she's ranked the number one 11. She's ranked the number 11 uh, overall player in the world. So that ranks men's and women's lacrosse. Um, so she's well-skilled on the field, right? But she's inspired by her older cousin and her best friend, Danielle, who both live with disabilities. Uh, she's worked with Special Olympics in high school. I was curious when the Special Olympics was, so I looked it up. The next one is next June in Berlin. Um, and she contributes to something in Chapel Hill called Gigi's Playhouse. Um, it's a place where people with disabilities can explore their abilities with support. They give, and this is the key word here, free, um, for oftentimes for families with disabilities, 
free is helpful, but also having a place that's a respite for families who are, uh, sometimes you hear the guys joke about, about the rigors of raising a child. Um, imagine adding on to that, the rigors of uh, that child, not necessarily growing intellectually older. And sometimes it's just fair to say that you would need some respite or you would uh, potentially be spending a lot of money to help your child out with the various different therapies and other things they might need. So this place provides a free educational, therapeutic, and career building, to go back to Biddy and Bo's, programs to individuals, their families, and it connects those uh, individuals and families to the community. Um, obviously, the pandemic made it hard for everyone. Well, it made it hard for these activities to occur. Uh, those with Down syndrome, this is what I read, so I hope that this is accurate. Those with Down syndrome can be very affectionate. Um, so it was very hard for them to stay away or to do things via virtual events. Um, the women's lacrosse team from Carolina got pretty creative during the pandemic, led by this, uh, by Allie. Um, they had some virtual events. I was impressed by this. They held a virtual event, including a run-walk event, where they got over a billion steps counted, and those steps went towards raising money and raising awareness. A billion's a hell of a lot. <laughs> um, and so she said that basically when they were interviewing her, and they were talking about it a little bit during the game, that's the only way I found out about it. She said she's going to continue to work with special needs post her career at Chapel Hill. Um, she has a foundation It's for an organization. It's called the Dream on Three, as in the number organization, www.dreamon3.org. Three is in the, the number. And uh, it's basically a, like senior. <laughs> it's um, uh, There's a lot of, basically the point is, there's a lot of orgs doing great work um, that help with life-threatening conditions, especially with kids. Tim Tebow Foundation is one where they, they get people with cancer or other life-threatening events, and they want to put a smile on their face, essentially, before, et cetera. Um, but her organization helps kids living with life-altering conditions. So those kids aren't left out either. So it's not that, they're, that, they're, um, that they think what those organizations are doing is bad. They're just saying that there's people that live on a day-to-day -day basis that maybe might be getting swept under the rug. And so she's trying to, uh, to take that approach. And I thought that that was unique and interesting. And considering uh, what Monday was, I thought it was worthy of bringing up. And uh, of course, it had to be a Chapel Hill person. But I'm sorry, that's what I take in. That's what I watch. <laughs> so Gigi's Playhouse is the name of the, of the uh, organization or the place in Chapel Hill. Ali Mastriani or Mastriani is the lacrosse player and her organization is dreamon3.org. So bless your heart, Ali. Good for you. Yeah, we won't hold the fact that she plays for UNC against the fact that, you know, she's involved in some some good stuff. So. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, for this episode of Miserable and Reckless, uh, I'm Logan sitting here with Morgan, Dustin, and Ryan, and we will see you next time.